Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here's your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. I am super excited about today's show. I'll be joined by Tim Schmoyer, and we're going to explore how to create an online community using YouTube. Yes, you heard that right, how to create a community on YouTube. You're going to love this episode. Also want to remind you, if you want to reach out to me directly, podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com goes right to my inbox. And with that, I've got a brand new discovery that I'd like to share with you. After untangling a school of anacondas, look what Michael Stelzner found. All right, what I want to share with you today is really intriguing. Have you ever seen an image on social media and you say to yourself, hmm, I swear I've seen that somewhere before. Or have you ever come across an image, maybe someone sent you a blog post and it's got some images in it and they swear that they're the owner of that image. Or you got an image on your computer and you can't remember where in the world you found it. Well, this is where Google reverse image search comes in. And yes, you heard that right. Google allows you to actually put an image in and figure out where in the world it came from. It's super easy. You go to images.google.com. Com, images.google.com and you literally just drag an image right into the search box and it will go ahead and it will do a search and it will tell you other images that are exactly like that or very similar and it's really really cool how it works I tried it out myself by taking an image off of social media examiner and you, you you literally hover it right over the top in the browser it says drop image here it uploads the file it thinks for a couple seconds and then bada boom just like that it finds the images and it finds images that are just like it in different sizes and so on and so forth and then it, it shows you page matches that have that particular image on it it's really slick now I don't know exactly what kind of purpose this could use for you, but I've given you a couple scenarios where I think it could be kind of cool. So try it out. Again, that's images, plural, dot uh, google.com, images.google.com. With that, let's transition over to today's interview with Tim. Helping you simplify your social safari, here's this week's expert guide. I'm very excited to be joined today by Tim Schmoyer. If you don't know who Tim is, he's the author of two books, 30 Days to a Better YouTube Channel and The Secret to Building Your YouTube Audience. His website is videocreators.com and he helps people there spread their message via video. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Tim, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. So today we're going to talk about how to create a community, particularly with YouTube and um Tim, let's start with a little bit of your story, because I think you have a really cool story. Like, how in the world did you even get involved with YouTube? <laughs> uh, well, it's a long story, but the short version is that I was bored one evening uh, at home or in my apartment. I was in grad school. It was 2006, and I saw this guy who was doing this social experiment. He had all his videos on YouTube, and I was like, what is this site? Like, this is interesting. YouTube. And I was kind of like, all right, I get it. So I was like, well, I bet I could do something like this. 
this. So I uploaded my very first video. It was March 2nd, 2006. And it was just like a quick 30-second video of me my, sitting in front of my desk talking to an 8-millimeter camera. It was my very first time to ever talk to a camera, and it felt so awkward. <laughs> I felt like I was having a, fire, uh, a conversation with a fire hydrant, which is exactly what I said in that video. But that was like – I had no idea what that would lead to. I was just doing an experiment, and uh, I was in grad school, like I said, so my um, I wanted to share some videos with, with friends and family. This is pre-Facebook days, and just kind of wanted to show them what I was up to. So my girlfriend and I at the time – we started just shooting little prank videos of each other. We started uh, making little videos when we go out on dates and things like that. And and then we eventually got engaged. We made videos of that. Then we got married. We made videos of that. We moved. We had kids. We kept making videos. And now it's like uh, over a thousand videos just sharing our, our wow. story. Now we call them vlogging, but back then. Yeah, so it was like a video journal was. really, right? I mean, it sounds like in the beginning it was mostly just a way for you to share yeah. You know, videos with your family and friends, right? Yeah. And then along the way, other people started watching and were like, what's going on? Like, who are these people? Why are they watching? <laughs> oh, well, welcome. Hi, I'm Tim. You know, and just kind of uh, just learning how the whole YouTube system worked um, ever since then. So now YouTube uh, 2006, it was pretty new back then, right? Oh, yeah. Like it, YouTube launched um, September 2005. Wow. So you were very early. I mean, what was it like in yeah. the beginning? Uh, crickets mostly. <laughs> there was like nothing going on. There was a few people who were just kind of uploading videos, but there was no like subscription system. There was no way to follow people, get new content, anything. It was just literally a place to host videos, and you had to send all the traffic there yourself. So, do you remember it was what it was? Fun. Do you remember what it was like when Google acquired YouTube? What was like the sentiment in the community? Yeah, it was um, a lot of. Um, some people were really excited because they knew of all the copyright issues YouTube was going to be facing because of all the content people were uploading. And so they're like, this is the best way to save YouTube. And the rest of the people were like, this is the best way to destroy YouTube, <laughs> to make it all corporate. So uh, obviously we know that it saved YouTube and made it corporate. Both happened. So they were both right. Okay. So um, you start with quirky little fun videos with you and your girlfriend and the woman who would later become your wife, mm -hmm. um, somewhere along the way, you made a business out of this. So tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah. So it was about 2009-ish, I think. And we were still doing videos. And I was like, you know what? Like, why is this happening and not that? How does that work? And, and I didn't really know. So I reached out to a few people that um, I knew were kind of considered um, – industry leaders. At that time, the industry was really small, so it was really really easy to get in touch with these people. It was Mark Robertson from realseo.com and also a guy named Kevin Nalty, who had, at that time, one of the largest channels on YouTube, which is around quarter million um, subscribers. And I asked these guys, this is what I'm trying to do. Like, why does this work this way? Why does this not work that way? And they're like, well, I don't know. Like, those are good questions, Tim. We don't have answers for you. And so I said, okay, well, I'll go find the answers and I'll come back to you and tell you what I learned. Like, that'd be awesome. Great. Thank you. So I did that and said, okay, here's how it works. And they said, oh, that's awesome. And just kind of just through doing that a lot, um, these people then said, hey, I don't know the answer to that, but you should talk to Tim. Like Tim's been thinking about that. He's been trying to figure that out. And so I ended up just having conversations with other people who are trying to figure out the same type of things I was about YouTube and audience growth and, and, um, and so make a long story short where I kind of got more into the industry side is I went to Mark Robertson at Real SEO 
um, a while later and said, you got this great website. It's all about video, online video, but you don't do anything with online video. And he's like, that's actually a good point. <laughs> so I took over their YouTube channel, started hosting there, and um, fast forward a little bit after a few years of that, I started working full-time for uh, an animation studio. Whoa, wait, wait, hold on a second. What kind of stuff were you doing for Real SEO? I was hosting, I was training all of their... Um, their audience about how to master YouTube as a platform for so, audience development. And so you started a little show for them basically, and you were the host of it and you were kind of teaching right. them how to do stuff. Yeah. I started two shows for them and then, uh, we canceled one of them you could say, and just stuck with the tip one. Cause that was the one that was doing the best. And I did that for about three or four years, I think. Wow. So yeah. So I started it and kept going. And then you said something about an animation company. Yeah, I, they've hired me full-time then to do audience development for their web series if they wanted to start. And it was started at almost nothing. And after about a year, we had grown it to almost 100,000 subscribers. And each episode was getting, um, I forget what we got collective, collectively. It was like millions and millions and millions of views. Um, and we really kind of nailed down the audience development um, collaboration type of thing with other thought leaders in that uh, series. But after a year, um, they said, hey, Tim, this has been a great thing that we've done here. We're ready to kind of move on. And so they said, your job would then be ending as well. But they said, we really love what you've been doing, Tim. You're doing an awesome job. And um, we pay you full time for six months to get your own business started. <laughs> and, Whoa, and teach other people how to do this. A lot of people are like, oh my gosh, how I would love I know. that. It's a really awesome company. I could tell you a lot about them, but they really believe that people are their main assets, not, you know, finances and money. And so they were they really wanted to invest in the people, which was awesome. Wow. I know a lot of companies say that, but few actually put their money where their mouth is like that. So they so, gave you the seed capital. You needed to go out and start your own thing. Yeah. And I said, all right, I got six months. I don't know nothing about business. I know a lot about YouTube. <laughs> so uh, I had six months to turn. Uh, I started this YouTube channel called Video Creators and launched it in February 2013. And by the end of six months, it was my full-time income. Wow. So very fortunate. Uh but it was not easy. I still have a lot of growing pains as I kind of learn how to do business now. But Well, tell us a little bit about the channel today. Yeah, the channel today now it has um, three series, series on it. <laughs> what are the plural that is? It's uh, every Tuesday I talk about the updates that are happening in the online video news, um, on the online video industry and what it means for us as creators. Talk about those implications because the space is changing so rapidly and keeping up with it, I try to make that easy for people. Uh, Wednesdays, just a kind of YouTube tip, idea, suggestion, advice, something like that. And then I do Q&A every Thursday where I just take, take a question that someone in the audience asked and do my best to answer it to help them and everyone else out with their audiences. And it really revolves around using online video as a platform to change lives. Like I believe every view, every subscriber represents a person who is giving you an opportunity to speak into their life. And I'm like, what are you doing with that <laughs> opportunity? Like that is a huge opportunity to reach people and spread a message that changes lives. And I have so many stories I could share about that, but um, I just really love seeing that happen when people are doing that with their channels. Awesome, so, so when, did you, when did you launch this, this, this new initiative? How long ago did you say it was? I launched uh, video creators in uh, February, 2013. Okay, so, so here we are, summer of 2015, about just about a year and a half later. Mm -hmm. uh, can you share any of the metrics uh, that are public? You know, like what uh, sure. what's your average 
number of viewers, community stuff, just so people can understand what you've been able to build so far. Yeah. Uh, and this is all without spending a dime of promotion. A lot of people, when they grow their channels, they either want to or think they have to spend a lot of money on it. I, I haven't spent a single penny on promotion. And it's at uh, a little, it's over 75,000 subscribers and 4 million some plus views and uh, tons of interaction and engagement. I get about 15,000 comments a month on it. Wow. So, wow. That uh, is awesome. Okay. Well, folks, you've just been kind of given the super high level story of Tim and the, the journey he's been on. Now we're going to get a little um, into some tactical stuff here. And, and along the way, we're going to explore some interesting things. So Tim, I want to zoom in on, um, you know, clearly you've been doing YouTube stuff for a long time. You've learned through trial and error, right? I mean, you've got, you've yeah. got, you've got a master's degree in the school of hard knocks <laughs> or whatever you want to call it. Right. I mean, right. um, you know, you, you've, you've done it, you've learned and you've taught. So, uh, let's start with what are some of the more common mistakes that you see a lot of people making when it comes to videos and, and YouTube? The biggest mistake I see people making is when it's usually people who are new to YouTube and they come to it thinking like, oh, I've seen a lot of television. I'll just make videos like that and put them on the internet and that should work. And they don't even have another frame of reference for how to craft content, video content, other than what they've seen on television. Because mm. a lot of times these people are not not like YouTubers necessarily. Like they don't watch, um, sub actively subscribe and watch a lot of YouTube content themselves. So they, they just end up making the same type of stuff they would make for television and then try to put it on the web and then wonder why it's not working. And there's a lot of reasons why that why that doesn't work, but I would say that's probably the biggest mistake. Well, you know, that's it's funny. Mistake. We see the same thing in podcasting where people try to sound like something they're not, <laughs> right? And they wonder <laughs> why no one wants, all. why does no one listen? So, you know, right. uh, let's break it down. Why does that not work? Why does trying to be all like what you see on television not really work on YouTube? Well, I think the biggest thing is the overall big picture is that people forget that YouTube is primarily a social media platform. And so television is not. So give me a, a story where this is kind of like the epiphany moment that I had when I really got this. My wife won a YouTube contest on her channel. And uh, the, the prize was a all-expenses trip paid down to um, Hollywood, down to Universal Studios, to interview Jillian Michaels on her on her channel. And this is part of like a $100 million initiative YouTube was doing, or giving all these celebrities who are popular on YouTube lots of money to be active on YouTube with new content. And so we show up at Jillian Michael Studios, big television studio, just like everything's is this the, Are you talking about Biggest Loser or is this just something yes. she's... Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, not that show, but it's her own personal YouTube channel gotcha. where she was, yeah, making content for them. Okay. So, so we're in the studio and I'm just watching her do these videos. I'm like, I bet her videos are not doing very well on YouTube. And I never looked it up before, but after that experience, I went and looked. And I was right. She was probably topping out around 2,000, 2,500 views per video. Mm. And maybe that's a lot for some people, but this is a, a woman who attracts 4 million instantly on television. Right. <laughs> so I was like, why can she do that on television but not on YouTube? And what I came to is that this realization is like when she talks to that camera, she even though the videos are going on YouTube, she's talking to it like a television camera and not like a YouTube camera. What I mean by that is 
um, like if you're talking to television, it's like, hey guys, my name's Tim and I just had an awesome day and you need to know about it coming up right after this, right? As opposed to- It's all sound bites, right? Yeah, you know, as opposed to YouTube, it's like, oh, hey guys, how you doing? Oh, it's just so good to hang out with you guys again. Man, Sarah commented yesterday, she said this, and man, that was so encouraging. Thank you, Sarah, but how are you guys doing? I wanna tell you guys about my day, but uh, tell me how you're, how you're doing in the comments below. You know, it's way more interactive and it's social. Like re- it's like real life almost, huh? Yeah, it's just a human connection, you know, and in the online video industries, some people will call it the difference between like a lean in versus a lean back experience. So when you're watching television, you're usually multitasking and you're leaning back into your couch. You usually got your iPad on your lap or you're talking on the phone or whatever. You got the TV in the background versus on YouTube. It's called a lean in experience because people are totally immersed and leaning in at their desktops, on their phones or whatever to watch the content and they aren't multitasking. They aren't distracted by other content. They're just totally immersed. And when that happens, you have a different expectation for the content that you're watching, especially online for people who expect it to be social. So that was very cool. Very cool. And you know, there's some parallels between what you're saying and also the world of podcasting. Now, the difference is obviously you're, you're, you're likely uh, multitasking when you listen to a podcast, but it doesn't mean you're not fully immersed into it because chances are pretty good. You're driving or you're on a treadmill or you're walking the dog. And this is just something to allow your mind to go somewhere else instead of be bored out of your mind. And what's great about podcasting is you can take your time, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) You can go deep, um, and you can do all sorts of cool things that you could never do in radio or you could never do on television. So I think what I hear you saying is be a little bit of yourself in this medium, not don't try to be what you think everybody wants you to be when it comes to what, because that's what you see on television. Is that what I hear you saying a little bit? Absolutely. On television, people get paid a lot of money to pretend like someone they're not. Mm. We call them actors, right? (laughs) And social media if you act and pretend like someone you're not, it immediately discredits you. It's like the exact opposite, right? So the people who are most authentic, those are the people who often do the best um, as opposed to the people on YouTube. They don't actually, or on, on television, sorry. They don't actually, you don't care about them. You just want the monkey to dance and perform for you. And if they stop dancing, you stop watching. But on, on YouTube, there's often a much deeper human connection. Very cool, very cool. Let's talk about how to create a good video. We talked about, I guess, we've already, we're kind of already leaning into that a little bit to use your, your phraseology. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, it, have you come up with any kind of formula or any kind of guides or, you know, I don't know what to call it, but do you have some suggestions on how to make great videos on YouTube? Yeah, there's a, there's a structure will fluctuate depending on the target you're going after, the type of content you're making, the value that you're trying to deliver, things like that. But generally speaking, for those people who would be using video maybe for marketing purposes and they're going trying to position themselves as an expert or a thought leader or something like that, the general structure that works the best is on YouTube, uh, you got to open your video with a really strong hook. And what I mean by that is you get about 15 seconds to make them want to keep watching the rest of your video or they're very trigger happy. <laughs> they will just click away very quickly if you don't. Give us an example of a hook. So today, guys, we are going to talk with you about how to grow your YouTube community and give you five tips for doing that coming up right after this. Gotcha. Yeah, so 15 seconds, I just pitched, here's the value of the video it's a that tease. you're going to get. Yeah, it's yeah, not- right. Okay, cool. So if you just open another video saying, hey, my name's Tim Schmoyer and I love making YouTube videos and one of the best things that I like, you know, boom, people are already gone by then. 
So you really got to quickly pitch it about 15 seconds or so. Before and then you, you can, even say who you are, right? Yes. Yes. Because people care. People, the same thing like with this podcasting and television, people are consumers. Like they ultimately listen for some sort of benefit they hope to get out for themselves. So the quicker you can say you are going to get value out of this, the more likely they are to stick around and, mm. and want to watch. Very cool. So then you can cut after your intro, uh, your your hook rather, um, you can cut to a branded intro, a, a mistake a lot of brands make um, and new YouTube creators is that they will make it like super long. And by super long, I mean like 10 seconds. <laughs> and the, and That's the, super long, 10 seconds? Oh yeah, three seconds or less. Um, oh, all right, the reason wow. is Go ahead. you will have a higher abandonment rate on your videos if it's any longer than three seconds. Three seconds is about the amount of time it would take for someone to get their hand to their mouse and move away. Uh, five seconds, you'll start seeing an audience uh, retention drop. Um, 10 seconds to 30, absolutely. So three seconds, here's what you got to do within those three seconds. Um, is one, you have to pitch the, the value of your entire channel. So it's not just about that video, but now this is, uh, you know, for in my example, um, uh, for Video Creators TV, it's, Master YouTube, spread your message, and then Video Creators TV is my... Um, okay, so uh, I'm channel. visualizing. Um, this is where it might make sense to hire an animator or something to create a cool little quick animation and have the words come up on the screen so that you can get it yeah, done super fast, do right? You uh, can do that. Or you can create a little audio clip and or a little amalgamation of things that conveys very rapidly. Like I've seen other people take little clips from all their videos and kind of create a really super quick montage and maybe mm -hmm. put a little voice over the top of it. But the idea there is this is your little time to establish a little credibility or to establish a value prop for the exactly. channel, right? For the, for your brand, basically. Yeah. In my case, it's for my channel, but uh, for your brand, you know, it's like, this is why it's valuable to someone in your target audience, you know? And so that's going to hook. So them now we're at like 13 seconds, right? <laughs> Approximately. <laughs> <If that>. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, maybe 15, 18. It's not uh, set in, you know, the, the hook can be five seconds. It can be 15 seconds. But Okay. Uh, so after you, then you have your little branded intro. Then you can introduce yourself, which I do recommend doing if you're an on-camera personality type video, for example. Because um, you have to remember that probably same is true for podcasting, right? Like every episode you do is potentially someone's very first exposure to you. So you don't want to bore your long-term subscribers, but you do need to bring new people up to speed real quick. And one of the best examples I've seen do this, you guys remember like maybe remember all the old school um, I'm going to date myself now, I guess, by calling them old school, <laughs> but the, uh, um, like, uh, Beverly Hills, you know, the, their intro song, Gilligan's Island. Oh yeah. Um, my kids still their, watch that. <laughs> yeah. Their intro songs is their story bringing you up to speed. Or really the Brady quickly. Bunch, right? Here's yes. the story. <laughs> right. And you know, now you know all about Jed right before you head into the Beverly Hills, you know, hillbillies. Yep. So, uh, so something like that, I, I'm, so don't use a long intro like that, but hey guys, my name's Tim and today we're going to, and I just, I try to do as many things visually as I can to cut down the amount of time my video takes. So I could talk about myself, but I find it way more, um, much more efficient to just show visually on screen of the lower third, my name, Twitter, you know, Facebook um, channel thing. And then I show this little thing. Tell YouTube everybody what lower third means because I know what it means, but not everybody oh, yeah. may know. Lower third is it's just like the little graphic that comes up in the lower third, the bottom third of the screen. 
that shows um, you know, little formation. So if you're familiar with watching the news, that's where people's names go usually underneath there. So you're saying you have that pop up with a little something about you. So you don't even have to waste any time. You can just start yep. your video, right? I do that a lot of times. I try to um, not, if, if there's a way to show it visually and not have to address it verbally, I do that because people can uh, process much more than just what they're listening to you. And so you give them a visual that complements the audible. Like, but if you're just like basically insulting their intelligence and reading on screen to them exactly what they're reading, you know, <laughs> like that's not necessary. So, uh, so that's how I introduced myself a little bit. So YouTube certified, you know, there I'm certified in audience growth by YouTube and show that little check marker credibility type of thing. And then I get into the content. That's the next step. You actually deliver the content itself and that could take, um, people ask me, well, you got to keep your videos a certain length. It has to be two minutes long or what's yeah, the Yeah, talk length? about that. Is that true? No. The, the, um, especially now on YouTube. It's a little different on Facebook video. But on YouTube, it's um, take as much time as you need to deliver the value that you want to deliver, but don't take a second more. Mm. You know, So if you have a two-minute idea, take two minutes to communicate it. Don't take five minutes, right? So- or if you have a five-minute idea, don't try to cram it into a two-minute video. Like you're doing dis, you're doing a disservice both to your viewers and to your video that way, and to your content. How long so, are your videos typically? Uh, I range usually in the th- three to five-minute range. My news videos tend to be a bit longer. My tip videos tend to be a little bit shorter. Do you find uh, there's any correlation between the length of the video and the the popularity of the video? No, my most popular video on that channel right now is like 700,000 views and it's a 10 minute video. Good. See, I want everybody to hear this because um, this is breaking a lot of um, what a lot of people might in their head think they have to do. Tim's best video is 10 minutes long, right? So in the end, it's not about the length. It's about the quality of the content. Am I right? Right. The way to think about it, and and this is how I think about my business and everything in general, but so hopefully this makes sense to a lot of you guys, is that it's not about trying to optimize your content for robots and hopefully getting them to rank or search or whatever. It's about optimizing your content for people. And when you optimize your content for people, that will almost always work in your favor with robots. Okay, I want to get to my next question, but before I do, I just want to make sure there's not any final steps in your formula. Yeah, the final steps, just real quick, is um, after you deliver your content, give your call to actions. Don't do any more than two and make them very clear and maybe compliment them with something on screen. And then you can, at the end, just pitch your value prop for your for your channel, you know, so that someone... So they become a subscriber. Gotcha. Yeah, I would want to subscribe. Give us a quick example of a typical call to action that you might include in one of your videos, Tim. I always include two. The first one is to comment, and that is and that is oriented towards subscribers, people in the community, because I view my videos as like a discussion starter, not as like the product itself. But the the main value happens in the comments below. So um, so I get people to comment, they're interacting about a question, and then the second call to action is to subscribe, and then that's when I tell them why, because every week we blah blah blah. That's really cool. Uh, in episode 27, believe it or not, if you go to socialmediaexaminer.com slash 27, I interviewed Steve Spangler, and he's the guy behind Six Science and a couple other uh, channels. And he told me in that interview, and he's since told me uh, in person as well, that uh, when they st- he does these little quick science videos, and then he always ends with an on-screen question that is kind of displayed over the top. 
mm-hmm. um, and it says, guess the, uh, the secret ingredient to this thing or something like that. And he said his comments started going wild when he did that because it made it interactive. Right. And, you know, this is a perfect segue into my next question, which is how do you make video on YouTube community like, uh, or how do, or said another way, how do you develop a community? I think we're beginning to kind of tease into this a little bit, like, you know, um, well, first of all, let's even step back. Why should you have a community on YouTube? Because a lot of people are thinking, well, shouldn't I have my community on a platform that I own? <laughs> oh, that's a good point. Um, that I thought you were in a different direction with that. Yeah. Um, so I don't know that where you have the community makes as much of a difference is that uh, the, uh, to me, the goal isn't where it's at. The goal is, am I reaching and serving people well? So if that's on YouTube, which is, it is for me, because that's where I can serve people the best is, is on YouTube. But I, I'm not saying like you have to have a community on YouTube. I think the goal is to serve people and wherever you can do that best is where you should do that. Okay. Well, um, talk to me about how you build community on YouTube. Okay. Yeah. There's a couple things that uh, you need, need to have in place. One is that it works best when your content really establishes a strong human connection with with people. And and people come to YouTube expecting that more than they would like on television or, or the places. They want to feel like they have some sort of perceived relationship with the person that, that they're watching. And uh, often that revolves around um, not just the what you're about, like what your channel is about. Like my channel is not just about training people to master YouTube, but it's why it matters, which is reaching people with messages that change their lives. And so, and that comes to like a second point, which is that the strongest communities, both online and offline, they they form the strongest around shared beliefs, not common interests. And so a lot of people think like, oh, okay, I'll just form a community around YouTube video or around podcasting or around social media or whatever. And that, that's good. And you can get somewhere with that. But like, like Mike, uh, if you and I were like talking for the very first time and we realized that, oh, we got social media in common, that's cool. Like we'll have something to talk about for a little bit. But if you and I both like discover that we believe something similar about why this matters to us, you know, and we have this shared belief, now the connection goes so much deeper, right? And the Absolutely. community- Absolutely, and it's true. And we've had these dialogues before we got on the line. We both share the same faith and we share some of the same friends, right? And all of a sudden yeah, you yeah. feel like there's that connection that's instantly made there, right? Right, so when you wanna build a community online, the same thing is true. And this might sound risky, but the, the people who stand for something that they believe and they say this is why this is why we do what we do because we believe xyz everyone who believes that with you and they might not even care about your product your brand honestly but they they know what you believe and what you stand for they will always more be more likely to want to become an integral part of a community as opposed to someone who just likes you know, something that you like. All right. Well, I want to break this down a little bit. In your particular case, you clearly have a channel focused on training people on YouTube. How are you injecting, um, how are you injecting something beyond that? Is it in a tagline? Is it in the message that you seem to sow through each of your videos? How are you doing that? I actually say it. I come right out and say at the end of every video, I say, guys, I do all this for you because I really believe 
that a lot of you guys have messages that need to spread and the world needs to hear. And I'm going to do everything I can to help you spread those messages so that people can hear your message and have their lives be changed as a result. That's what this all this is all about. And I have that in my channel trailer. Like when you first go to my channel, if you're not subscribed, the first video you'll see there is me talking about that. Uh, I talk a lot just in the contents of my video. I say, you know, guys, like it's easy to focus that focus on videos being the product here, but videos are not the product. People are the product. Videos are just the tools we use to reach them, right? So, how, I, yeah, how have people responded to this message on YouTube? So, at first, people are like, uh, that's weird. <laughs> you know, they're just like, okay, that sounds nice. And uh, I even had one guy, um, he sent me a private video actually. Uh, it was a few months ago now, but he sent me a private video just saying, like, hey, Tim, when I first heard you say, you know, oh, it's about changing people's lives. He thought, He's like, oh man, this guy's slick. Like, this must be good for like marketing, or this must be good for, you know, whatever. And uh, but he's like, but after watching a few of your videos, I can tell that you really do believe that, and that's really impacted what I believe now about my channel and the people I'm reaching. And in that particular case, when he heard that and felt that, um, I'm making a long story short for you. And the whole video is on my channel, actually, you can watch it. But I got his permission to post it. But he said he was getting ready to commit suicide. And Whoa. he felt like he had a lot of issues. He couldn't read well. He um, has some ADD. And, and, but as he was learning from what I was teaching about how to grow on YouTube, his community started growing. And he started having to deal more with comments every day, which forced him to learn how, have to learn how to read better. And he started feeling hope again. And he sent me this message video saying to him, I just want to thank you for what you're doing because you didn't just change someone's life. Like you saved it. And this Dude, is I'm exactly getting goosebumps. And you know what? Yeah. That's what's cool about this. And, like, and all I'm doing is teaching people about YouTube. That's you're what teaching like, people about anybody. YouTube and you're saving lives at the same time. Like, seriously, man? I mean, like, wow, yeah. that's deep stuff. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I just want to let you know that one random person is still alive because of you. Now, and when I'm you watching. shared that story on your channel, what was the outcome of that? Oh, everyone's like, it just reinforces the belief that I have and about why I do what I do on YouTube and why this, is, why this matters, why this is valuable. Mm. And everyone's like sharing stories in the comments of that video when I shared it. Um, that's, and, that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, like this is so not normal, right? I mean, this is so against everything that marketers do. <laughs> well, I'm, Mark, not, I'm not a marketer by choice. No, but. no, no. But I'm telling you, this is good, right? We need to hear this. Um, and what I mean by that is so often marketers and entrepreneurs are um, believe a lie. And the lie is that you must stay on script. Do you understand what I mean by this? There's boundaries that are set. There's boundaries that are set in place by either what you've been told or your boss or whatever. And you got to stay within the boundaries. But when you become real and when you actually care, um, that's when community happens and that's when magic happens. And that's powerful. That's what I hear you saying. Yeah, and here's what happens too that a lot of people don't want, but you actually need this happens. People say, well, as soon as I feel if I stood for something and took a strong stance on something I believe about why I'm doing this, not just what I'm doing, but why it matters, I feel like I would eliminate a lot of people and alienate a lot of people, potential customers even, and we can't afford to take that stand. And here's the thing that those people don't understand is that you actually need adversaries. You need people to stand against you so that your community can grow even stronger and tighter than it could in the first place. Like if, if you're not standing for anything, you'll just have a lot of mediocre people. You won't really have fans. You won't really have, you know, advocates for your brand. You'll just have people who have heard of you before. 
But I could, and I don't take the time, but there's so many stories I could share with you. Like when you stand for something, you actually need the haters because they will help you, the people in your community, in your, in your community, solidify and link arms together because now they're standing up for something together and you'll have a much stronger community because of Have it. you had a chance to meet in person any of the people that have been your followers on YouTube? Oh yeah, lots, lots of times. And uh, do you feel like, an, do they feel like they know you? <sighs> or is there any kind of, because is there any kind of kinship that happens as a result? Yes, there totally is. And the reason I hesitate is because like I, I try not to point the finger at me too much, but um but yes, absolutely. Well, I want people listening to understand the consequences positively of doing something like this, you know. Yeah, um again, I could tell you so many stories. One girl came up to us when I was in Texas and uh and I never met her before, seen her before. She, but she recognized us, came up and said, hey, I've been following your family on YouTube for a few years now. She's like 19 or something, 20 maybe. She's like, I just want to let you guys know that um, ever since I started watching your videos, I've realized that I've raised my standard for the type of guy that I date and will one day marry. And I just want to say thank you for, for helping me raise that standard. And I'm like, Wow. Wow. Like, I don't know where your standard was before, but good is always a good direction, you know? That is <laughs> so cool. Is a good direction. Yeah. That is so cool. And, you know, I, I, I hope that people are listening right now are beginning to understand that, that um, you know, something that I'm now just understanding, that YouTube, when used properly, can have a really deep community development. Oh, yes. That's beyond what I ever even realized. I mean, that's just yeah. amazing. One of my favorite stories, if you want some more, I'll, I'll, I can, we can move off to this one, <laughs> is that um, we got, I got an email from this, uh, this mom, uh, or a, a newlywed. She emailed me saying, hey, Tim, I uh, just got married two months ago, and my husband and I are already struggling in our marriage. And I watched your video about where you and your wife are talking about how you're learning to love each other better. And she says, I always want to say thank you for making that video. I know it probably wasn't an easy one to make, but I showed it to my husband. We talked about it, and now we have hope again for our marriage. Just want to say thank you. Wow. You know? Now, just to clarify, do you happen to still have a channel with you and your wife, or is that something yep, that— Yeah, it's still going. Yep. Every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we post a new video about becoming a family team. Wow. Okay. So you've got that channel and then your wife has a channel also that's separate or is this the same one? Yeah. Nope. Different channel. She has her own channel where she talks about more personal things. The family channel is more of a storytelling about um, how we're learning to grow together because uh, we got f um, baby number five is due in January and then we will have five kids under the age of six years old. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. I want to ask one more question. Okay. Um, which I think is a question a lot of marketers want answered, which is what's more important, your blog or your YouTube channel? I would say depends on your goals. And again, it's not about, maybe it's just me. I'm, I guess I'm a little more platform agnostic than people think I am. But it's, I've, I see YouTube, I see blogs, I see podcasts. These are all tools that you can use to reach people with a message that changes their life. So I guess if it happens on a blog or happens on YouTube, I'm not as much concerned about that. I think there's some benefits that a video that a blog doesn't have, but um, you know, if SEO is your goal, you can select 50 times more likely that your video will rank in the first page of results on Google than a than in like a corresponding or equivalent blog post would. So um, there's some advantages there. What about um, combine? What about combining the two together? I mean, do you do that? Yeah, you can definitely combine the two together and do a video site map and submit that to Google if you like. And there's a lot of different things you do. Like I know Amy Schmidtauer, who mm -hmm. is a mutual friend of ours, right, yeah. um, pretty much promotes her blog w with YouTube videos on there. 
And I think it seems like you really don't worry so much about that. You're more about no. the channel, right? Yeah, absolutely. And there's a lot of reasons for that. One's because my target audience um, would more naturally gravitate towards a channel than they would a, a website. Another reason is because um, you, your videos won't rank as well that way, just to be honest, <laughs> uh, if, if oh, SEO is, is a concern. Because you're giving, if you send all the traffic to your blog where the video is embedded, you're giving people a different viewing experience for that video. And Google doesn't count watch time on that video equally as it does watch time that's on the actual watch page on YouTube where everyone's, they can compare apples to apples that way of how people respond to the video. So um, I care about search and related videos as part of my discovery tactics. So I drive everyone to the watch page on YouTube. Very cool. And, and if anybody wants to hear Amy's take on all this, you can check out her episode. It's episode 136, socialmediaexaminer.com slash 136. Well, Tim, I know that we've just literally scratched the surface, and I'm excited that you've got all this great video content out there so that folks can go ahead and learn more about how they can develop their own communities on YouTube and do other cool YouTube stuff. So yeah. I want to give you a chance to just tell everybody where they can find you um, out there on the web. Yeah. Yeah, well, the YouTube channel is youtube.com slash video creators, and that's where I train people three times a week with, I think I got like over 500 totally free videos on just training people how to master YouTube. <laughs> so that could be a good resource. Say, say uh, that URL again. YouTube.com slash video creators. Perfect. Yeah, well, that says Twitter is at Tim Schmoyer. It's S-C-H-M-O-Y-E-R. Um, I have a, a book that goes into more detail about a lot of the stuff that we kind of glanced over here. It's free. It's called The Secret to Building Your YouTube Audience. And that's available at videocreators.com. Awesome. Tim Schmoyer, thank you so much on behalf of hey, all of my yeah. listeners for uh, joining us today, sharing your story, and getting a lot of people excited about YouTube. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's been fun. Well, I hope you got a lot out of today's interview. I know that I did. It's really exciting to hear all the great stories that Tim shared and the power of YouTube. Are you wondering what are the main benefits that other marketers get from social media? Well, if you are, We've done all the research for you, and it's in our free social media marketing industry report. You can download it at socialmediaexaminer.com slash report 2015. Also, if there was anything that we mentioned in today's episode and you just didn't catch it because you're on the road or walking the dog, don't worry. We take all the notes for you. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash 152. That stands for episode 152. If you're new to the show and you haven't already hit that subscribe button, don't ever miss a future episode of the show by subscribing. And I hope you catch me next week and the week after that because I will be with you for quite a long time. Well, this brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you in the driver's seat next week. I hope you make the absolute best out of your day. And may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner.